Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gentlemen? I warned you with the lockdown, you're going to see more and more of our live feed because that's <laughs> what we got time for. So uh, I got I got Jeffrey Redondo on the show, uh, frequent flyer of the Business Bros podcast. You know um, it. Yep. And we're going to be talking about uh, financial emotions. Look, oftentimes it's very difficult to talk finance on a normal day-to-day uh, and with everything going the way it's going, uh, fears and uncertainty are peril in the household and you're kind of stuck with that other person that you got to talk about finances with. So, uh, so we're going to talk to Jeffrey about what they're doing uh, over there at Invictus Advisors to help people deal with the emotions that come with finance. So without further ado, uh, Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks, thanks, Ernan. Nice to see you again. Nice How's the family? Doing well. I mean, we're we're locked in. Uh, I think uh, we're gonna have to break out some puzzles here soon. And uh, and luckily, you know, for my kids, they're they're fortunate and unfortunate in the fact that they have two educators in the house, so they're oh, not yeah. lack on <laughs> hey. the on the teaching. If we have to go, you know, that whole online thing. Uh, yep. We got we got mom that does English and dad that does math, so we're we're pretty set on on what's going forward. Now, if they go with chemistry, I'm not going to be able to help them there. <laughs> we're gonna have the Khan Academy or something. But other than that, we're doing all right. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Vidal and I are just uh, hanging out in the house here. You know, we moved from the office uh, to our home, and so uh, we're just uh, working away. Luckily, the tax deadline got pushed back for three months, so uh, we're uh, even though most of our you know most of our tax returns have already done um you know it was nice to kind of have a little bit of a, of a breather between now and uh, april 15th but you know i was reading some articles today about different stimulus packages that are coming out and they're kind of they kind of it kind of relates to what we're going to be talking about here um the the federal government is basically trying to put a bandaid over uh, a hemorrhaging wound in what's going to be happening in our economy. Whenever you have an economy stop for uh, any period of time, like we're having right now, especially with the uncertainty of things coming back uh, you, you have a lot of industries that have been impacted um, if from not being able to open their doors to, you know, industries cutting, you know, closing and, and people being laid off and not having their jobs. So we got the stimulus package that I, I didn't see that anything's finalized yet as far as how much uh, people are going to be receiving checks in the mail for. But it's kind of one of those things where like now all of a sudden you're looking at your budget and you're like, holy crap, like, is this unemployment check going to be enough? Uh, am I going to have enough money to pay for my rent? Am I going to have enough money to pay for my mortgage? Am, and my one of the biggest concerns that we have in the insurance company, and we're 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 doing exactly what most of businesses should be doing right now, is 
is trimming the fat, like going through and, and restructuring your business model to fit what's going to help you survive. I, we're worried about over here and the insurance company is that if people have to choose between putting food on the table and paying their insurance bill, they're going to put food on the table and that's right. going to put a big, uh, a big hit on our bottom line when it comes to surviving as a business. So we're looking at things in our own business and unfortunately having those difficult conversations with people. And when you have to have those conversations, you're dealing with people's emotions and, oh, yeah. and it, it translates, it cascades all the way down. Yeah. You know, it, it's always such a difficult thing because money is just an emotional subject. You know, it's one of those things you never talk about money, politics, or religion, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's one of those things that, you know, the, the more people talked about it, the actually more pe- comfortable people would be with it. You know, I just got off of another, of another call with someone. The two things that I heard out of his mouth constant, constantly was I'm, I'm, I've, I'm afraid to spend money and I'm uncertain of what's going to come. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you're always spending money instead of investing money, and if you're afraid to come, what's to come, which things are going to, you know, things are going to get better here in a while, then you're never going to be able to move forward in your business. You're never going to be able to get the things that you need to accomplish done in your business. You're living so, in fear. Right, right. And so, so many people are now living in fear because of this. Um, you can't always deal with the emotional side of money without trying to figure out, you know, what, what's causing it. And for this yeah. guy, his, his, um, what it was for him was he had some issues with money when he was in college. And so now that's brought up around his business, around his person, his current personal finances, around everything that every decision that he makes is based around this old, um, thing that was implanted in his brain. Yeah, it's, it's small habits that we've developed over time, whether we've tried to develop them or we've used them like a patch, for example, like, you know, getting the stimulus money. We had this once before in the Bush era, there was stimulus packages that went out to try to, you know, bump the economy. And what people aren't talking about is what happened. You know, the money's infused so that we can kind of fuel the economy so that businesses get a little bit of uptake and stuff. But if you remember back then, what happened is most people did what they are afraid of doing and they hoard it. <laughs> Nobody yeah. spent that yeah. money because they were afraid they yeah. didn't know what was coming next. Yeah. And so it had an adverse effect in the economy. It didn't actually help or boost anything. And we're kind of looking at that same pathway. It's almost like I feel like these things are uh, you know, government is enacting what we do emotionally. Like we just try to throw money at the problem. Like that's going to yeah. be the solution. Yep. And it's yes. not always a solution. It's the habits in place that we, that we should have ahead of time. Right. And it's funny, you know, it's funny that they're talking about giving out this $1,200 or whatever the magic number is going to be to people. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, how, if we're all stuck in our houses how in the hell are we even going to spend it you know <laughs> exactly. because the ACs is closed best buy is like places are closed like how are we going to spend this money that they want to give to us so you know it's such a it's Amazon's for me well. I, that's about <laughs> it that's the only thing and they're actually only drop i've i don't know if this is still true but it's uh, they're only dropping stuff of essential needs or is it, is it still everything now? I have no idea to be honest. I mean, they dropped oh, some costumes that we ordered for my wife's play that will probably not happen now, but yeah. that got dropped off. So I, I have no idea what's, what's uh they probably have a priority system. Yeah. That's uh, what I'm guessing. 
but I, I doubt that they're going to stop delivering. You know, it's funny because, you know, what this actually, I think ultimately what this means or what this is about is about confidence. Mm-hmm. And it's about comfortable with financial, your financial situation about money. It's about being confident about the economy is going to be covered. It's being confident about your business. It's being confident about, you know, when you talk to other people about, about, um, about what they're, what they're doing. Um, it's about that confidence that we need to all have around money. And so, um, if you don't mind, I was just going to share, you know, one of the things that we talked about, you know, you're, you're a tax person, Vidal's a tax person. And so, um, as a non-tax person, I wanted to figure out five questions that I could give you guys that I would actually feel smarter than, than your accountants. Ooh. Want to hear about them? Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. Are you smarter than a fifth? Are you smarter than your accountant? I like that. Okay. Ready? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So, okay. So, first what question. What does the tax code say on page 100? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, these are all related to your business, right? Okay. So, okay. So, first question is, if you were running this business, what is one area that you would financially improve and how would you do it? Which which business are we talking about? Talking about my own business? Yeah, it could be any business. Hypothetical. Yeah. You know, um, oftentimes when people look at at um, growing their bottom line, the first thing they go to is what expenses can I cut, right? And and that to me is is always one of those scarcity mindsets. Yes, you need to you need to go through your P and L right now, and you need to look at things that are non essential and get rid of those things. Yes, that's definitely a thing. But I think the true successful people in this world go after an abundant mindset and try to increase revenue rather than cut cost. Cutting costs should be something that you do anyways. Right now should be, what is it that I have in my arsenal, in my, in my repertoire, in my business that I can provide that is bringing value to people that is essential right now? You know, you know what I mean? It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, – when I used to work in the nonprofit sector, if they would go through budget cuts, you know the first area they would cut is development. <laughs> right? It's, it's development like, is the sales is the sales part of the nonprofit. So they yeah. would go and cut their salespeople first before their program staff. You're running a marathon, so the first thing you need to do is cut the feet out from under you. That's exactly right. the strategy. Like, <laughs> When I heard that, I was like, are you, are you, cur- are you kidding me? Like, we're the people that are bringing, bringing in the money. Like, we should be the last ones to go. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, yesterday, I had a, I had a couple. Um, they're the owner and founders of uh, Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, right? And they talked about, um, they, they put together this organization that's been donating uh, up to half a million dollars to different organizations within the restaurant industry. So helping uh, bartenders, helping bar owners and, and all kinds of different things. Right. Uh, and when they were sharing their story, what they essentially did was took their marketing money, their uh, the allocated funds for their marketing budget and turned around and donated to specific industries. And I thought that was a genius move. That's right. not really cutting back in your advertising costs. You're reallocating and shifting the perspective of how you're using it. Yes, you're donating it to people who need it, but that donation process is a marketing campaign in and of itself. And that's where the creativity comes into your particular business. What is it that you can do today to shift what you're doing to help people who are in need of that particular product or service right now? 
Right. And that's and I think that's funny because that's actually related to another one of the questions. Another one of the questions is another one of the questions that ask your accountants so you feel smarter than them, right? Is how can I use you to add value to my business? Ooh, that's a toughie, right? Well, uh, let's see. So if I'm looking at it, if, if, if a client came up to me and asked me that, right? So that's the perspective that I should be looking at. Right. Uh -huh. I'm the accountant because that's a tough question. That's, that's like one of those questions that we got uh, during fuck up nights. Like, what's a good question that I should be asking my mentor? That's a tough thought process. Um, I think right now would be uh, if, my, if I had a client to come up and ask me, how could I bring value to them? It would be looking at their at their current um, at their current revenue streams or their current uh, P and Ls or even their balance sheet to see where they can find some some maybe assets that they need to liquidate to get more cash um, to maybe look at their statement of cash flows to see you know where maybe they're in a position where they could be dipping a little more into a leverage situation to sustain you know their 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 month to month, um, or, or again, looking at, at expenses that they could cut. Yeah. And I think that's, that's always really important that they, you know, we, you know, we at the business, we always try to, we always try to work with our business, our businesses to consider us a partner. That's yes. what that question is really about. It's about, you know, having your, <clears throat> your accountant, your CPA, your bookkeeper, whoever, whoever does your financials, to consider a partner, mm -hmm. help you. And just like, okay, just tell me the financials and let me just deal with it. No, use them as an asset to your business. Well, that's the difference And that's between, what that question is really designed for. Right, and that's the difference between having an accountant and a CFO, right? And that's why I think, that's why Vidal calls himself the shark CFO because it's more than just, let me record your transactions, provide a PNL and do your tax return. It's beyond that. It's let me help you as a business realize what these numbers are saying, where we can take your business if that's the direction that you want to focus in on. Because you're the CEO of your business, right? You're the captain of the ship. But the captain of the ship doesn't do everything. The captain of the ship doesn't go and make sure the engine is running and make sure that the, that, you know, the, the, I don't know, the sails up in the right spot or whatever it is that the you know, ship has. The, it, the, the captain is still responsible of bringing the information from the different sections of the boat so that he can make the best decision to move forward. And that's, and that's the point of the CFO is to come. This is, this is, I'm showing you the numbers. Let me show you where you can go. You CEO make the decision on where you, where you go from there. Right. And that's, I think that's, that's one of the strategies that I have that, you know, um, that I share with people to, so that they, so that they feel smarter than their accountant is, you got to be confident about your business and you got to know your business inside and out so that when you're, when your CFO says, what's this expense about? T tell me, tell me about the expense. Why did you do this? So that you can actually have a confident, calm answer to that, to that solution. Not like, what's this expense to Neiman Marcus? You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't have any idea. You know, it's about saying, you know, that expense was Neiman Marcus was for, you know, gift cards I bought for a client. I'm going to give them, you know, all my clients $25. You know, it's about being able to have, you know, those, those. Now, when you get bigger, yeah, it's a little bit different. But when you're a small business, like under six figures, on six figures, you should really know most where your money's coming in and out. How 
Um, related to that, you know, it's funny because um, one of the questions, here's another one of the questions. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. How can I help you do a better job for me? That's an excellent question. Right? <laughs> See, these, this are is, good, these are good are, questions. Those huh? are good questions. That's a great question because, I mean, I've, I've dealt with that client that comes into my to, to me during tax season and shows up with a shoebox full of receipts. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what am I going to do with a bunch of receipts? Yeah. I don't have the, I don't, I don't have the time, nor do I want to sort through all these things to, to do your, to do your tax return. Now, if you're my accountant, you know, if you're, if you're like where, where Vidal is, then, then this is something that you're doing on a regular basis. But having, you know, if I can instruct you and show you, look, this is a spreadsheet. Anytime you have a transaction, all you got to do is put it here. You know, these are the categories that I want you to put your, your money in. Or you know what? Let's separate your accounts and let's put one account for your personal. Let's put one account for your business. And anytime you're going to do something that's for fun, you're going to do this. You're, we're going we're to use this account. Anytime you're going to do for business, we're going to use this account. But just to be able to explain to them because oftentimes a professional starts speaking their professional language and assumes yes. that everybody else knows what that means. Right. If I'm telling you, oh, well, it's okay. I got to do a journal entry for that. And you have no idea. What do you mean? You got to pick up a book and write in a journal? Like, is yeah, that what right. you're about? That's not exactly what it means. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, you got to make sure that you speak to your professional in English and they understand that you yeah. don't speak that profession's language. Ask yeah. me what I can do to help you so that, I, you know, so that we can look and say, okay, look, if you did this, it would save us this much time. It means we can but, allocate it to this or whatever it is. I call it accountantese. Accountantese. That's exactly true. You know, and it's it's really a lexicon, right? So every industry has its own lexicon. I don't know what my dentist is talking about when he has my mouth open and talking to his assistant there and yelling out numbers and stuff. I don't know what that stuff means. I I don't speak dentist, right? Right. Same thing happens with our clients. Yeah. So here's another question. I thought, see, I, I knew you would be good with these because uh, you know you know your stuff, right? But if your <laughs> if your if your accountant can't answer these questions, then you need to be. I, I my, my humble opinion is that you need to be looking for somebody else. Yeah. You know because these are these are really questions that are going to help you really determine if it's the right if he's the right fit for you. He or she is the right fit for you. And that's um, that's the thing. It's not a matter of whether that person is always good or the best at that particular situation it's just are they a good fit for your company it's not personal it's business and and right. you have to understand that there's a difference between the two you know there, there's a lot of people that i've had conversations with and, and there's people that i'm going to be having conversations with here in the near future it's not personal you're still a good person i still think you're a cool individual but business is business and this is this is the situation that we're at and and you have to if your business is to survive you need to treat it like your infant child you're not going to just leave your infant child around and you know have it fend for itself you have to put your foot down and say no you know what putting you in the sun today is probably not the best idea we're going to put you over right. here right even though it's a well, nice beautiful day yeah it's you know it's you know whether it's your business whether it's money whether it's, you know, your relationship, it's all the same. It's a matter of nurturing it. Yes. You know, it's a matter of nurturing, you know, relationship with money. You know, that's another thing. And this new program we're launching, that's another piece that we talk about. We talk about your relationship with money and how it's directly related to relationship that you want with a, with a partner, right? Yes. yes. So we talk about how, 
you know, there's different kinds of re relationships with money. There's toxic relationships with money. There's codependent relationships with money. There's independent relationships with money. There's, you know, there's all these different types of relationships for you. And then how can you recreate that relationship with money? Mm -hmm. You know, it may be as simple as this sounds really, this is ridiculous. This sounds is ridiculous, but something as simple as looking at your bank balance every day. Mm right yeah gives you a new appreciation for what's going with your money and 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 the thing is looking at your and i'll take that a step for, further because it's not always looking at your bank account because when when times are good we tend to look at that bank account a little more right You're oh like, yeah oh, let me look at it yeah it's okay i'm still good i'm still good it's when times are not good it's when you start to struggle that you need to be looking at that account more often right and you then you start noticing little things like the other day i noticed huh, you know, I go to Planet Fitness and I joined Planet Fitness because it was like 25 cents to start, $10 a month. And I was like, why did I get billed $39 this month? That was a yeah. little weird, right? You start to notice things if you're paying attention. You start to see your habits and right. and you can adjust your habits. We We try not to use our debit cards very often and we try to stick to a cash budget for the same reasons because we're we know our own habits it's easy to swipe it's easy to hit that one click and ship and and so if you can get yourself if you can wean yourself off of those habits and develop new habits you're developing a new relationship it's the same way you would with dating your spouse or dating you know it's the same type of thing you want to fix something you need to change some of the habits that you yourself are doing you can't change the other person you can't change no. the Right, but you can change how you act and how you respond to that world. Right, and that's and that, I think that's one of the biggest things that we're going to talk about in in this program is, you know, your reaction to to money and your reaction to the way you're act your the way you're responding to it, because the only the only difference between someone that has a lot of money and someone that does the way they respond to it, mm -hmm. you know, it's a you know, simple thing is. You know, you're spending money versus investing money, right? Just the, just that turn, just changing that, just changing word alone will completely your attitude of spending money. Yeah. Right? Your, your perspective. And, yeah, exactly. So, uh, let me give you the last question. All right. Then go. you could, uh, yeah. ready? You're good with them. So, <laughs> um, okay. So the last one is what financial question? Am I not asking that I should be asking? Ooh, that's a good one. That, that one, I'm going to have to give you the, the good old, it's, it depends, right? Because right. Every, the person in front of me is going to have a different situation right. depending on who, on who they are. But that is a, an excellent question to be asking because, you know, there's times where, where even as you're professional, um, I'm going to look at things and I'm going to be like, ooh, that doesn't look too good. But for fear of putting you in a bad space, or putting you in a bad mindset, I might not want to talk about that. Like you, you brought up like the uh -huh. Neiman Marcus purchases, right? And I could see that, and I might say, "Hey, what were these for? Oh, they're tax. They're they're for clients. Okay, cool." And I'm I'm determining whether they're a deductible expense or not, right? But me being able to go a step further and say, "Look, your business is not in a position to be buying these types of gifts for your client at this particular moment in time." This is something you probably shouldn't do. Now, that conversation I might not have with you if I don't have that same comfort level 
with the client, right? Maybe the the relationship that I have with you so far is just tell me what, you know, report my information, give me my P&L and do my tax return. But I don't know that you, the client, want more from me, you know, as the professional. I don't know that you, the client, are, are looking at me as a business partner or just as a, as, as a piece to your overall puzzle. Do you even want my, you know, professional advice in that, in that context? Because if I give you my professional advice in that context and I don't realize that, hey, those Neiman Marcus are actually for that side chick that you're, <laughs> you're, you're hanging yeah, out with right? and I bring something up, like all of a sudden I might it hurt our relationship. So it works both ways. The professional should be saying, hey, I see some things in your business that, that might, uh, you know, hurt you, long, you know, down the road. Would you mind if I shared those with you? That should be something that the professional should be doing. And at the same time, you as the client should be asking that question. Hey, is there anything that you see that I don't because you see numbers better than I do? Is there anything that I can be doing to help my business going forward? So it and I, works, think I think it works both ways. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It's about having this level of respect for the person that's your, that's your accountant to be able to use them as a business partner, to be able to talk to them about financial issues that you're having, you know, and you being confident enough to say, you know what, I don't know this area very, very well. Can you help me with it? It's about mm -hmm. re out, out asking them for help. You know, the, one of the biggest things that we've, that we've heard not from our clients, but from other people that I've worked with other accountants is that, you know, they, they're so, the accounts are such in such a hurry to get them out. They're just like, okay, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next year. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of taking the time, you as the business owner saying, Hey, let's take the time and sit down and talk about this so that, you know, we can really get a handle on my finances. You know, they feel exactly. intimidated. They feel that they're, that they don't know what they're talking about. They feel that, you know, they don't have their thoughts organized. And those are all things as a business owner, when you go into your meeting with your accountant, if you have those things and you have those um, pieces in place, like if you, if you go and you just sit with, you know, on Google or you, um, you know, email your best friend Hernan and be like, can you explain to me a profit and loss statement? Yeah. Like, you know, what area should I be looking at? Because so many business owners, they look at the bottom of the financial statement. They're like, oh my God, I'm making money or I'm not making money. Mm -hmm. But there's the rest of it. Yes. You know? All there's those certain lines pockets. above. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you look at certain, you know, we learned one thing from our business coach is that so many business owners, you know, are just looking at their financials in like just a haphazard way. But what we've, what, you know, what we've done for our clients and what she, she's done in her business is we've created a spreadsheet to pick out the five, maybe the five to seven numbers that you as a business owner care about, mm. right? Yes. And we've created a spreadsheet to say, here are the five numbers you asked for. Here it is, right? If these numbers look great, then okay, the rest is, you know, they're still, it's, it's not as relevant, Right. Because to you, what's important to you are these five numbers. And yes. you know your business is doing well with these five numbers, right? And it's about sitting down and having a conversation with your accountant about, about those five numbers or about those seven numbers or whatever you think is important for the growth of your business. Yeah, and, and, and it, it comes down to your comfort level with math too because things like, you know, oh, the ratio. And, and the, as soon as I say ratio, like, whoop, 
it's gone, right? Yeah. Like I, it, it, it's nothing more than a division problem. Like if you're looking at your your income over your expenses or whatever it is, there's going to be a percentage that goes out, right? A percentage of your income goes out in, in this particular expense. And that's, that's basically what a ratio is. But you're looking at different things. Most people have that bottom up approach. They start at the bottom of the P&L and then they kind of work up from the bottom and look at things. Yeah. Right. And, and what you're talking about is having both a bottom up and a top down approach because there's certain things at the top when we're talking about the revenue, right? There's a section like cost of goods sold. That could be a huge reason why your bottom line is not, uh, you know, where you want it to be. Your, your cost of goods may be way too high. Maybe you're paying too much in shipping. Maybe you're, maybe, you know, your production cost is too, whatever it is, that's a section in the revenue spot that, that could be a huge indicator as to what you're doing. And so when you're picking out those five things in your business, these are not necessarily in any order. These are things that you can, if you paid attention to in, in what's going on in those sections, you could really drastically increase your net at the bottom the number that you that you really want to increase. And I don't, I don't know about you, Hernan, but if I was a business owner and I looked at, let's say I had five, these five sections that I wanted to look at, you know, sections, and then my accountant, I would feel, would be the one that would be like if those sections that, you know, it's hemorrhaging money or something, that the accountant would be like, hey, you know what? I know you usually only look at these sections, but I think maybe this month we need to look at this because of this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Again, and so many people, you know, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs, they just want to know if, you know, they're making money at this, these areas, but everything else as a business owner, like you're saying, you need to worry about tons of other things. So maybe if the electricity bill is a lot higher this month, something your book should catch your accountant. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily you as a business owner. Exactly. It makes a, it makes a big difference. Um, just, but again, having that comfort level to say, to either be the accountant to, to speak up that, that concern that you have, or you as the client saying, Hey, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to be offended if you call me out on my Neiman Marcus side purchases. Like I want to know what's helping my business. Cause that's the ultimate goal here. Yeah. So. You do pretty well. Thanks. I thought I was going to stump you with a couple of, <laughs> <laughs> but they are very good questions. Like if you're a client and, and you're looking to grow, I mean, and it also comes down to the difference between hiring a tax preparer and hiring, you know, somebody who's going to help you grow your business, a CFO right. or an accountant, because you're right. A tax preparer is going to come in and, and they are not an accountant. Then they, that's not what they do. They're just there to prepare your return. You're going to see them once a year. It's a very reactive situation. Uh, you want to grow, it takes a proactive approach and you need to hire somebody that's going to be there for you throughout the year. And so, you know, that, in in that way you're, you're not looking at things after they're done. You're planning ahead of time so that, you know, this is what needs to change and you don't wait till the end of the year. Yeah. We actually have a couple other, I'll just give you, um, I know, um, couple of the things that we talk about in this new program is talking, being a money leader versus a money follower. Mm. And so that's actually a really important piece that we'll be um, that we'll be discussing. Another another piece that we'll be discussing is, like I said, about dating your money and how to rekindle that relationship with money. Um, we'll talk about. I'll talk about <laughs> one of the things that I'll talk about in this program is um, confessions up a shopaholic. <laughs> about how how um, I, I don't know I don't. I, 
for I think for a lot of people, they have this, um, they have their store. Like, right, you go into your store, it's like, I could live in this store. Yeah, right? yeah. Which one? Which one is that for you? For me, it's Walmart. Everybody hates Walmart, but I love that place. Like, I can get <laughs> everything in one spot. I'm not a big <laughs> shopper. You know what I mean? I don't go different places. I'm like, but I need underwear. Just I need to go pick up underwear. I need to go pick up some grapes, and I need to pick up I don't know some <laughs> paper plates. Like, I can get it all in one spot. <laughs> but isn't it when you walk into Walmart, you just have this feel like I could just live in here? Yeah, like everything I need right? is here. <laughs> like I love Costco. Like Costco is that way for me. Like I walk into Costco and I'm just like, ah, I just can Peace. live in Costco, right? And so one of the things I talk about is I share my story about going into Costco and about how the different parts of Costco is about how I deal with, uh, sometimes I deal with money. So like um, I, I call it the four, the four ends. So you're either nice with money, you're either neutral with money, you neglect money, or you're nervous about money. That's so true. That's right? so true. Yeah, and we each uh, will embody some, if not all, uh, in certain aspects of our life, some of them very heavily. Right. So those, those are the kind of the pieces of this new program that we're launching. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll definitely um, let you know about it. You know, once we get it up and running, we'll... Uh, We'll tell you about it, but it's going to be, it's going to be some good stuff. And it's mostly about emotional, financial, emotional mastery and about how to deal with your emotions in a, in a concrete way so that you don't have to um, stress about it, you know? Perfect. Well, Jeff, I'm, I'm sure I will be hearing more about this. I'm looking forward to uh, getting back on, on our normal routines. And oh yeah. Talk about normal routines. So uh, fuck up nights is at the end of April. Assuming so, we're all good we, uh, then. Yeah, April, end of, uh, as of right now, April, end of April. Sorry, it's, our, it's a, one of the problems from working from home. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Fuck Up Nights, is, um, as of right now, is still on for April 28th. Hernan's going to be the host again. We still have, we have two people that will be there, so uh, it's going to be exciting. So you can visit up at uh, fuckupnights.com slash san diego and you get all the details there but um you know so uh, it should be it should be a good event especially since we took a took a month off so <laughs> looking forward to it you know it's funny i uh i with the dog barking in the background and i i i had this epiphany i think my next parody is going to be on zoom i'm going to make a song all about the different scenarios <laughs> on <Right? Zoom. laughs> Right. You know the other thing about Zoom, I was thinking about like Zoom is going to be like the new uh, um, Snapchat or Instagram or anything, right? Oh, it's going to take over, yeah. So, so you hear it, you've heard it first. So, if someone steals this idea, I'm gonna. It's a good thing this is recorded because I'm gonna be like, look, this is what I talked about. It. You should see if there's a Zoom filter. There is. Really? There, uh, I, I saw, now I don't know 100% if it's true, but I saw that people were like using Zoom filters um, because they get up and they don't put their makeup on or whatever. Right. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying, right? I, I love pictures that I've been seeing where they're like business on top, quarantine on the bottom, and they're like. Sweats <laughs> <laughs> right? on the bottom, and <laughs> underwear, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Nobody sees top up. That's all you're going to see. <laughs> right? 
it's going to change the way we do business, you know? Oh, it will. Everything. I, I, I was talking to teachers too and saying the same type of thing. I go, I've been telling you guys, our school district has been going through some financial issues already. And I had been telling teachers, I'm like, look, you guys think your, your job is secure. Like anything can change in the future. This incident now is going to be one of those things that forces new change. Like you're, you're just yeah. going to see it. People are going to modify and adapt. And then going back is wrong, right? Why go back when you've developed something new? Yeah, I know, I know we're short on time, but one of the questions I asked Vidal, and he had to think about this. So this is a, this is a sign-off question that you can think about. Maybe this is an Ask the Bros segment. Um, do you think there'll be an industry that will collapse after this event? Hmm. Yeah. I, and there, you know, full collapse. Whew. Or That's like just change, just like just change drastic the way they change. I think, be, I think it'll be education. I think it'll be a drastic yeah. change. If this lasts long enough where we have to revamp the way it's done. I mean, think so in our school district, one of the big things before this whole uh, coronavirus thing came out was they closed all the learning centers and they said, you know, if you, if they're going to just have like one or two open and that was about it and they didn't really have a plan going out. And a lot of people were upset. They're like, they, every school should have a learning center. And, and I was one of those people that was like, no, I actually think this is a good idea. The classroom did not work for this particular group of kids, right? So why do we have to open up an alternative classroom for them? No, you have one place, right, where they can come in and get additional help, one location, but the rest should be an online platform like this, right? And yeah. now you have, you know, 300 kids that you can have access to you and the overhead is much smaller. You don't have all that space that you have to worry about. Yep. You have one teacher managing a number of different students. Like just the efficiency behind it makes more sense. And, and right. so, you know, I'm wondering, you know, things are going to change. And I think education is going to be one of those, one of those things. Um, I got, you know, one of my business partners owns a school and he can't conduct classroom uh, you know, like it, just licensing insurance agents or licensing real estate agents, the department of insurance, the department of real estate are closed. Like how yeah. do we process yeah. that? Right. And so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of changes that are going to be happening and uh, I'm airline sure. airline industry is probably going to be completely like completely reformatted. I think. Yeah. Well, but they got to come back. We're not going to stop traveling. Oh, yeah. So they, they will, they will yeah. come back. Uh, hurt, maybe some chapter, you know, 11, maybe, and, or some, you know, restructuring going on. Yeah. But, but other than that, like, they're going to come back. And, and, and yeah. I just, I just look forward to the efficiency, the changes in the positive that, that come out of this. Right. All right. I think, uh, right, cool. I think Captain Crunch is, uh, is calling you. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Thanks, Jeff. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.